Welcome back to the My Generation Podcast. This is John. And this is Jack. And today we're going to do an album review. We got seven albums to talk about that have dropped this month. We're going to try to make this a regular part of our show once a month, uh, talk about albums that have come out. And I'm going to lean heavily on Jack for this because he's got a real good critical approach uh, to music where I kind of like everything. So without further ado, we're going to start out with a new album from Tyler, the creator, called Igor. Yes, and uh, first, real quick, there is one more uh, Friday in May as we're recording this. We're recording this on May 27th, and uh, any albums that come out on uh, May 31st, we will include in our uh, review for uh, next month. Because you're expecting a big one to drop, yeah, right? Yeah, Denzel Curry is uh, dropping an album on uh, May 31st, I believe. So okay, so be... we're not going to be picky. We're, no. we're going to just push that over into June. Yeah, why not? Okay, great. All right, great. Well, let's start out with Tyler, the creator. What would right. you think? Uh, Igor. Um, so, rapper. Tyler the Creator recently released his fifth studio album, and it is by far his best album to date. Um, coming in at 12 tracks that add up to about a 40 minute runtime, the listener sees a new side of Tyler as he uh, delivered a loose concept album about his fail- about a failing relationship of his. Uh, on this album, we see a continuation of the style that uh, Tyler started moving towards on his previous album, Flower Boy. As I'm sure many of you know, before that album, Tyler's musical style was incredibly different. He was often very rowdy and angry in his music, and he was a heavy user of a certain homophobic slur. Um, However, nowadays, his music is a little bit softer, more melodic, and there's even some ambiguity about Tyler's sexuality. This is not to say that Igor is stylistically identical to Flower Boy. Flower Boy has this shiny and clean aesthetic, while Igor has a somewhat texturally rough and gritty vibe, uh, which was understandably off-putting to Tyler fans that have only listened to Flower Boy. Uh, Tyler pulls influences from soul and alternative R&B and even synth pop on this album, almost to a degree in which I would say this album is more of a soul album than it is a rap album. Although Tyler does sing a lot on this album, he is not the best singer. However, this is something he embraces, and I think that the rough vocals even help the album feel more grounded and personal. On the topic of vocals, I also enjoy the creative decision to pitch up many of them throughout the album. What does that mean, pitch up? Like, they're kind of like a higher pitch, you know? Oh, like, like electronically. Like they, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like, because he has a very low and rough voice, but if you listen to the album, like, a lot of them yeah. are kind of pitched yeah. up. Cool, okay. Uh, so, uh, some of my favorite tracks uh, include Earthquake, which uh, introduces the listener to the idea of, like, a failing relationship as Tyler sings and begs his partner not to leave. Also, I think the Playboy Cardi feature, while short, is interesting and well-integrated. Uh, New Magic Wand is one of the only real kind of hard-hitting rap songs. However, it doesn't really feel out of place. Uh, the following song, A Boy is a Gun, is probably the best song on the album. The beautiful soul instrumental and high-pitched background vocals, and Tyler's rapping, comparing his partner to a gun, and saying that relationship with this person is kind of dangerous. Uh, later on the track, uh, later on to the next track, I Don't Love You Anymore, we seemingly see uh, this failing relationship come to an end, and on the following and final track, Are We Still Friends, Tyler comes through with a beautiful 60s soul instrumental. Here we see the relationship has ended and Tyler attempting to move on. Overall, this is a really great album. Uh, Tyler, the creator, just keeps getting better, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I have to say about it. So, you know, if you were to give this an overall kind of grade, like if we had a 1 to 10 scale and 1 was like this album's a total dumpster fire... 10 is like, oh my God, you got to go to the record store and get this or download it now. 
Five is kind of a meh, it's okay. You know, if you have time, listen to it. What do you give this one? I would say this is a solid nine. Wow. Yeah. So this is really, this is, this is this one is, of the better ones of the year so This far. is something that has been on repeat for uh, the whole week since it came out. And I am a... I'm really excited about this album. It's it's it has a great amount of replay value. A lot of the songs are are really great. It's just it's a great album. That's terrific. And uh, so download that. Yeah, absolutely. If you can if you can download this or just stream it on Spotify or Apple Music, go ahead and do that. I, I would absolutely give it a try and be open minded. Don't go in thinking about Tyler's past work. Just go in thinking about you know. Igor as its own thing. But know? isn't that what we want from an artist, really, is somebody who evolves? You don't want to listen to the same thing over and over yeah. and over. And, and I think that as we review albums, and even if we're talking about some today... Uh, there are albums today where there are people there, that are, are not evolving. They are right? offenders of not evolving <laughs> as musicians. So I think that's great. Okay, so Tyler to the Creator, go download that one. Nine out of ten. All yeah. right. All right, next we're going to go to the self-titled album by Injury Reserve. Yes. What do uh, you think about this? Let's see. Uh, the Arizona-based rap trio Injury Reserve recently came through with their self-titled debut album, and while it isn't exactly their best work, I think their intentions were good. Their two previous mixtapes, mixtapes live at the dentist's office and Floss, <laughs> were uh, by far more original. Uh, however, there are some really great songs on here. Uh, Jawbreaker is really great for one. Uh, the Rico Nasty feature is hard-hitting and fun, and the message about not getting sucked into the fashion trends that is pushed on the internet and having your own personal style is really great and feels like a commentary on rappers that endlessly push these popular brands in their music and on social media. Get the Fuck Up is a pretty interesting industrial hip-hop <laughs> song, for the most part. The song features JPEG Mafia and Cakes Tequila. How many how many podcasts are we going to go through without with mentioning JPEG Mafia? Hopefully I don't, none. I don't think we've gone through one yet where we, we have haven't not. mentioned him. We have not. We love JPEG. We do. Peggy. All right. And uh, and while Kicks to Killa comes through with an awesome verse, JPEG Mafia is completely underutilized, as he's pretty much just limited to screaming, get the fuck up, in the <laughs> intro and the outro of the song. And did I read that JPEG Mafia toured in support of Injury Reserve? I believe he did. Yeah, that's, that I would know, be a show, right? I knew right? he toured with, um, with uh, Vince Staples That'd be not a good too show. long ago. I, I, I would... I've heard that the JPEG Mafia tours and everything are just absolutely nuts. I would imagine. All right, sorry All to right. take you off. Anywho, um, Gravy and Biscuits is a really fun track. Uh, wordplay from Richie with a T and Grog is really fun and witty, and the production is lighthearted and fun also. The song Wax On is also really good. It features Freddie Gibbs, and I think the darker tone that they took in this song suits both Injury Reserve well and panders nicely to Freddie Gibbs' style without sounding like they're trying to make a Freddie Gibbs song. Uh, what a Year It's Been is a somewhat personal song for Injury Reserve, as we see a few more personal cuts towards the backside of this album, such as Best Spot in the House, where Richie finds himself feeling like he is struggling to live up to the ridiculous expectations his fans have set for him. Uh, New Hawaii features some great guest singing from Drum in particular, and an amazing, deep, and personal verse from Richie as he gives the listener an overview of the life and the love he wants to find in the future. Uh, the final song, Three Man Weave, talks a lot about the group's cohesion through a basketball metaphor, which is really interesting. Uh, they even managed to throw in a nice little diss at the rapper Russ. Um, where I take issue with this album, however, is with the amount of filler content. It's a short album. It's only about 39 minutes. There shouldn't really be any filter. But the amount of interludes is tedious and just ridiculous. 
rap song tutorial is funny and a nice little satirical track, but that's really the only highlight when it comes to the interludes. Uh, QWERTY interlude is uh, pretty basic. It's not bad, but it's not great either. And Hello was, has the potential to be a really interesting track, kind of a industrial hip-hop tune, but it's just left as an interlude, which is really confusing to me. Also, the track Jailbreak the Tesla, featuring Amine, is a pretty interesting piece of industrial hip-hop. I love Amine's verse, but the song is just so ridiculously derivative of something off of uh, Sophie and Charlie XCX's Vroom Vroom EP. That It's just bland and unoriginal. Uh, while this is a still really good album, I was expecting more from uh, Injury Reserve. I've, uh, yeah, that's so, pretty much what I'm feeling. So on our scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a dumpster fire, 10 being go get this, where are we? I'm thinking like 7.5 maybe. Okay, I mean that's it's not that's bad. positive. It's not bad, right. but I was like, I was just expecting more, really. Right. So, you know, I listened to a little bit of this, and what, what's the song with the Tesla? Jailbreak the Tesla. Jailbreak the Tesla. I, I didn't just listen to that. I watched the video. Yeah. Very amusing. It is amusing. I and enjoyed it's a, it. It's a good song, but it just sounds... It, it's If you listen to this uh, Vroom Vroom EP by Charlie XCX and Sophie, it, it's very... It's the same stuff. It's, deriv- it's very yeah. derivative of that, in my opinion. It, it sounds a lot like it. And I, I think that... It's fair to say that that was an influence, but it, it's it's not ripping it off, but it's almost there. Okay. Well, 7.5 out of 10 isn't bad. Yeah, no, it's Perhaps good. worth checking out. Oh, definitely worth checking out. I mean, if you're a, if you're a fan of industrial hip-hop or just hip-hop in general, I would say check it out. All right. So the <coughs> next artist we're going to talk about is Carly Rae Jepsen, her new album, Dedicated. You know, what I know of this artist is Call Me Maybe. And yeah. the 8,000 viral videos of people banging the roof of their car and singing <laughs> along with this, that's really all I know of her. So yeah. I think she won American Idol or Canadian Idol or one of those things. She was on one of those shows, and that's how she kind of came to prominence. But other than Call Me Maybe, I don't know much about her. Talk to me about Dedicated. All right, so uh, Canadian pop star Carly Rae Jepsen is back with her new album, Dedicated. If you are familiar with Carly Rae Jepsen, back in 2011, she took the world by storm with her hit song, Call Me Maybe. While the album that the song subsequently found its way onto, Kiss, uh, has always felt a little stale and bland, her, uh, her following album, Emotion, released in 2015, sent waves through the music community as her well-written synth-pop-influenced pop songs ended up resonating with all types of music fans. After releasing a few B-sides in 2016, Jepsen returns with her uh, follow-up album, Dedicated. It's easy to say that Carly Rae Jepsen is remarkable at writing hooks. They sound good and they're catchy, and a lot of the time they flow so well with the song that they just sound effortlessly done. And that alone is incredibly important when we're talking about pop music. The instrumentals are clearly heavily influenced by electropop, synthpop, and even disco on occasion. Cool. However, this album isn't all that ambitious, as she is pretty much doing the same thing that she was doing on a previous album, Emotion. Uh, Jepsen writes about her relationships and how she struggles to find a good relationship that will last for her. And she does this over synth-pop beats, just like she did on Emotion. While I would have liked to see Jepsen push herself slightly out of her comfort zone, I think that this album still works pretty well. Some of the best songs include Julian, No Drug Like Me, Now That I Found You, uh, Too Much, and Real Love. So yeah, that's pretty yeah. much what I'm feeling on that. I liked Julian. I got to tell you, Julian's uh, a very good yeah. song, and that's a great intro. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. That's the first on the album, and I remember, you know, when you suggested that I listen to this, I thought, uh, you know, okay, another pop singer. Let's see what it's all about. 
That's a good intro. It is, yeah. Yeah, and I like that song. And I I liked a a lot of the rest of it. You know, on our scale of 1 to 10, what do you give this? Uh, I'm feeling about an 8 out of of 10 on this album. not bad. I could see it getting higher for me, but I feel like right now I'm just kind of hung up on the fact that there isn't a whole ton of originality here. Yeah, yeah, I kind of felt the same way. I I agree. I mean, like, it's original. Like, she's original, but, like... It's just kind of more of what we saw on emotion. It's not a huge, it's yeah. Not, it's not. She's not really doing anything. She's ambitious. not evolving. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, when you want to talk about originality, I think the next one oh, definitely yeah. definitely is high on the originality scale. I'm anxious Absolutely. to hear what you have to say about it. But the next one is Flamagra by uh, Flying Lotus. What do you think about this one? All right, so we've got our producer, Flying Lotus, and he's finally back after a painfully long four and a half years since his last album, You Are Dead. Uh, Without question, this album is worth the wait. His new album, Flamagra, explores the concept of fire and kind of like a world on fire. Uh, Each track is more mind-bendingly detailed than the last. Whether the songs have features or not, they're all incredibly entertaining. Uh, Flying Lotus grabs your attention and holds on to it from beginning to end of each track. Uh, they're all meticulously detailed in production, whether the production is along the lines of hip-hop, neo-soul, experimental electronic music, or even a blend of all of them. They're all great. The features are well-integrated and also incredibly diverse. We have artists here such as Denzel Curry, whose Black Balloons rep- reprise is absolutely amazing, by the way, uh, Tierra Wack, uh, Anderson Pack as well as artists like Solange, Thundercat, and Toro Imoa. And even David Lynch has a pretty interesting... Uh, that is cool, yeah, of Twin Peaks fame. Yeah, yeah this yeah. guy is nuts. Yeah, he has a pretty interesting spoken word feature on the track Fire is Coming. It's very cool. Yeah, it is. It really the video is. for that is a little freaky, too. It is, yeah, but I like it. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of like a... Yeah, it's cool. Um, it's Can you sick. tell them from the '80s? Always, you know, thinking about the videos. Yeah, yeah. I'm the videos for there. There was a few videos for uh, for this album, and I, I liked them all. They were very good. Yeah, that one was particularly interesting. Yeah, I gotta say. But uh, from the MTV era, um, you, you know, this guy has a, a really good pedigree. You know, he's the nephew of John Coltrane. Yeah, he's got a lot going for him. <laughs> I mean, oh my God, you want to talk about a legend? John Coltrane is, you know, one of the you know, premier kind of jazz musicians of all time. So uh, that's quite a quite a uh, a background. I read an article where he said one of his big influences was another favorite of ours, MF Doom. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. highly I, influenced. Yeah, uh, Did Jay you Dillard, see that? Yeah, yeah. you yeah, see I that in his work. That. Yeah, and uh, probably Madlib too. I could definitely yeah. see that. And then Madlib and MF Doom have always worked closely together. But like, I can av- I can absolutely see that those type of influences. Uh, Jay Dilla too. Yeah. Um, and you know, he, he's really a, I, I hesitate to put him in like the box of saying he's a hip hop producer right? because <clears throat> he does a lot more than that. Really. I mean, it, not a whole ton. There's a, there's songs on here that I wouldn't really pigeonhole into yeah. the, into the genre of hip hop and say that there's, there's really other things going on here too. Well, I, I agree. I have to say of the things that I listened to uh in preparation for this this was one of the more creative things yeah um kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone yeah 
you know, and, and I've said before, you know, that the more I listen to some things, you know, my, my opinion kind of evolves. And at first I wasn't quite sure about this, but man, I, I liked it the more I listened to it. So on our scale, what do you give this one out of 10? Uh, I'm giving it an 8.5. Okay. So uh, very because, high. Uh, however, like this album isn't without its flaws. Like the main right. issue that I have with this is that it, it's clocking at 27 tracks and about an hour and seven minutes in length. And it's definitely a Fly Low's longest album. And uh, while he really does his best to hold your attention, um, and there are some songs that kind of feel like they're dragging on a little okay. bit. And I feel like there are some that could have been cut. Good. Well, but, eight and a half yeah, out of ten is, is high praise. And, and from an old guy's perspective, this is really interesting, I would yeah, say. I think you, it's, you know, give this a listen. It's definitely not my favorite Flying Lotus album. If you're trying to get into Flying Lotus, I definitely uh, recommend uh, Cosmogramma. Uh, but, um, yeah, this is, not this bad. is a great thing to... This is great. Cool. Well, next we're going to move into one that I really liked, which is Father of the Bride by Vampire Weekend. Yeah. What do you think uh, of this? After a long break, uh, Vampire Weekend is back with their new full-length album, uh, Father of the Bride. And to me, it's pretty painfully average. Uh, <laughs> since their last album, uh, one of their members, uh, Rostam, left the band to right. pursue a solo career. And uh, his absence is, is pretty felt, in my opinion as a lot of the instrumentation feels somewhat bland and not really fully flushed out. Also, the songwriting on this album isn't quite great either. Some of the choruses are just kind of bland, and a lot of the lyrics kind of failed to captivate me. And I, I found all of it eh, somewhat boring. However, some of the highlights on this thing for me were uh, Harmony Hall, uh, This Life, Married in a Gold Rush, and uh, 2021. Uh, while there are some other solid songs on here, there's also seems to be some definite filler material. Uh, as the album clocks in at 18 tracks and about an hour in length, it it's seems, too long. It's, yeah. yeah, it seems pretty pointless for it yeah. to be that long to me, especially considering how average a lot of the songs are. Like overall, a six-year wait after this album, this was kind of a disappointment to me. Yeah, I, th I thought it was good. You, you know, as I've said before, I tend to like things a lot. This is poppy and, yeah. you, you know, easily accessible. Yeah. Nothing nothing that deep here. It's a little bit like the Carly Rae Jepsen album. Nice. I liked it. You know, it's uh -huh. not changing my world. Yeah, if you're trying, if you haven't listened to Vampire Weekend yet, I do recommend that you do so. But I would recommend that you listen to their first two albums before you listen to this. I'm feeling about a 5 out of 10 on this one. Okay, that's still not bad. It's kind of a meh if you have some time. Yeah. You know, download, listen. Uh, it's not It's not something that's going to stand out for me this year. Yeah. But it's it's it's, it's okay. It's worth the listen, yeah. maybe, okay. if, if you have the time. All right, well, let's uh, then move into Mac DeMarco's Here Comes the Cowboy. What did you yes. think about that? Uh, Mac DeMarco is back with his new album, Here Comes the Cowboy. Uh, all in all, I have always felt as if Mac DeMarco's discography is nothing really all that special. <laughs> and uh, this album really isn't any exception. Uh, execution on this album is pretty poor. Uh, while it seems that DeMarco is going for a chill and simple sound, he ends up sounding really boring and just kind of one-dimensional. The instrumentals on a lot of the songs are incredibly repetitive as they just seem to drag on and on and on with no end in sight. Uh, nothing really to highlight vocally here either. Uh, Maxine definitely isn't bad, but there isn't really anything special about it, especially on this album. Uh, also, the songwriting seemingly try to come off as like minimalistic and try to give like a laid-back and chill vibe, but to me, it was just kind of boring. 
It's uh, too it's too much minimalistic, yeah, I think. Like too a, much laid back. There's a line like if you want to be like minimalistic, like there's something there's something to be said there. Like you can yeah. do that. But this was just like stripping back too much. This was background music for me. Yeah. I, I got to be honest and with I you. And I think that it's perfectly fine background right. music. Yeah. I mean, it's but it's not something that I it's not something that I want to immediately listen to again. Right. With, with Tyler, the creator's album, I was constantly kind of moving back to try to hear what he said again and to understand, you, you know, what the lyrics meant. Uh-huh. And I never cared about that in this one. This was yeah. this was a decent, you know, okay, good background music. Like, you know, whatever. P- people will like it. Just kind of take it or leave it here. Yeah, but I, I wasn't going back and rewinding to try to no. make sure I understood what was being said. So, uh, not my favorite, to be honest with you. Y- yeah. You gave it a five out of ten. I'm feeling like more like a four now. I think I would be more like three, four. Yeah. Because like know, just kind of like when I first initially listened to it, I was like, "This is okay." But the more I listen to it, the more that I think about it, the worse it gets for me. Okay, so that's a big deal, you yeah. know, when you're listening to an album. You know, like for me, what I like is how do my opinions change as I listen to it? You know, yeah. like going back to JPEG Mafia. You know, the first yeah. time I heard it, it was like swallowing glass. Absolutely, yeah. But but then the more I listened to it, the more I kind of got it and liked it. Uh-huh. And I think that's a sign of a good album is, you know, as you listen to it, does it push you? Does Do you evolve yeah. as you're listening to it? And with Here Comes the Cowboy, you know, it was background music. I, I didn't yeah, change I my opinion. I evolved the wrong way. Yeah, maybe album. went the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah, so that's interesting. So, okay. So we're both about three to four. Yeah. I'm maybe a three. You're a little more generous with yeah. a four. Um, but that one's not really worth your time. Um, the last one we're going to talk about, oh boy. I think we're going to end we go. on, a, on a low note here, here t- talking about not worth your time, All right. Um, is Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, the, oh the new album from Logic. And we want to say, you know, this is a local guy for us. We yeah. want to like him. Yeah, we do not hate Logic. We don't hate Logic, just, but... This is an issue. This one, yeah. What, what did you think? All right, so only a few short months after quite possibly the worst album of the year, Supermarket, Supermarket a soundtrack album to his book. Which was uh, also bad. The book was... I didn't read the book, but <laughs> I've just... I've Save heard, your time. Oh, my God. Uh, Logic is back with uh, yet another one of the worst albums of the year. <laughs> Um, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind was not an album that I was anticipating to be good. While I did somewhat enjoy the Can song... Can I pause you for a minute? Go for it. Hey, Logic, if you're listening, this is where you turn off, because yeah. this this is not going to be I don't, good, man. I don't it, want an album written about me criticizing yeah, you. And you've got a kind of a thin skin, bro, so oh let's <laughs> turn it off. If you're kind enough to be listening, this is where you jump out. Yeah. Okay, All right. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. Um, while I did somewhat enjoy the song with Eminem, mostly for the Eminem verse... Uh, the other single, Keanu Reeves, is just garbage and really failed to grab my attention entirely. While I do like Keanu Reeves... Love Keanu Reeves. There's nothing about this song that, that's <laughs> at all endearing. No. Um, throughout most of the album, we see Logic bitching and moaning about how people are mean and make fun of him on social media. And I got two things about that. Number one, no one cares. And number two... Logic, you're a huge star and pretty much a household name after the success of that of the song uh, One Eight Hundred. The, um, the amount of people that have nothing but loving and supportive 
things to say about Logic on the internet is pretty massive. Yeah, people love this people guy. People love Logic. But like, dude, you're in the wrong business if you can't yeah, take and some just, criticism. He's kind of overlooking all those people he that love him. He cried on this album, basically. I mean, I'm not harsh like this, but dude. This is just, yeah. Like, writing an album about being cyberbullied might be one of the stupidest concepts for an album of all time. Because it's just inviting more, right? It's just inviting more. Once the internet pe- trolls are going to go yeah, crazy like over once, this. Once people, like, like, stop listening to this album on, like, a surface level and start, like, listening for what's really going on here... Like, do you not think that things are just going to get worse? They're definitely... He's inviting yeah. criticism. Mm-hmm. People don't get nicer on the internet. Yeah. Like, the vast majority of people that listen to Logic are huge vocal fans. And that he just overlooks all of them and just... Focuses on the negative. fixates on the criticism. And that's concerning to me. Yeah. Uh, not to mention, like, the features on this album, for the most part, are incredibly confusing. While I commend both Eminem and YBN Corday for doing the best they could with what they had, I can't honestly say that any of the other features on this album helped make the uh, the songs they were on any yeah. better. The song Commando with g Easy is probably the worst and most boring song on this album. <laughs> uh, the Gucci main feature on Icy is just far from Gucci at its best. I don't think I don't know why Wiz Khalifa was even on this album. You're not a huge fan of Wiz with. Khalifa to begin with. I don't with that, love right? Wiz Khalifa, but just like, why is he on this album? Yeah, it just makes no he sense. He peaked with Payphone, <laughs> right? I mean, that's that kind of the peak of Wiz Khalifa in an Eminem's commercial. Oh my god, that's all I know of the guy. Sorry, <laughs> it's all good. Is, I'm taking it back. <laughs> uh, he just shouldn't be here. Like, why is he? Like the the vibe that Wiz gives off. And the vibe that Logic gives off are just so remarkably different. Yeah. Like, it's just, it just doesn't feel right. It just feels out of place. And not to mention, Logic's dad gets on one of the tracks. Really? For no reason. Just yeah. to, like, just to say, don't cyberbully my son. Like, oh, that's just inviting him. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is. This is this is boring and uninspired and probably the most stupid and phoned-in album I've heard in a very long time. Toughen up, dude. I'm going to give it a 1 out of 10. I think you're being generous. Uh, but I'm only giving it a 1 out of 10 strictly for the fact that it's not an alternative rock album. Right. Well, like I give Super it a 1 out of 10 just for the Eminem. Yeah. You know? I'm not I'm not mad at the Eminem verse. I no. actually think that that kind of overall helped the album. Yeah. Well, so, you know, that's not a great one. Um Nobody's going to love everybody. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the biggest acts of my entire life has been Prince. Yeah. You know, and he opened a Rolling Stones concert one time and people booed him off the stage. Yeah. Yeah. It's, if you're different and you're making great art, not everybody's going to love you. Yeah. So that's it. All right. Well, so those were our seven albums from the month of May that we wanted to talk about. And uh, we're going to be back in June with some more. Including Denzel Curry, which we're Including excited about. Denzel Curry's what else zoo do we got? Album. Yeah. Uh, Anything I'm else? I'm not really sure okay. what we got for June. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some good stuff coming out. But Summer's here. Yeah, so a lot of summer albums which are always fun. Yeah, so that's going to uh, be great. Yeah, definitely a Hyped About Zoo by Denzel Curry. Cool. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see what goes down. All right, well, as always, thanks for tuning in. This is the My Generation Podcast. We look forward to talking to you again soon. All right, catch you next time. See ya. Bye.